Hi. Before we get started today, I'd just like to let everyone know that uh, our virtual spring showcase uh, is going ahead on the 27th and 28th of March. Uh, so that's a celebration of all things coming up that is good about gaming. Join us on tabletopgaming.co.uk on the 27th and 28th of March to uh, enjoy a whole host of uh, new free video content from publishers you love and there'll be a few announcements that you uh, maybe weren't aware of as well as playthroughs, playtests of uh, indie games and other exciting bits and bobs. Um, If you want to be involved in the show with a game, content creation or otherwise get in contact with me at christopher.eggett at warnersgroup.co.uk or on Twitter, Facebook or otherwise. Oh, and here's Charlie talking about the next issue of the magazine, available on the 26th of February. New magazine incoming! And there's so much inside. You're going to find features on X-Men Mutant Interaction, on Necromold. You're going to find reviews on things like Bloodborne, on Aliens, on Holy, on Dice Hospital Expansion and everything. Then we're also spoiling you. Because on the front cover, we've got Digimon cards. Six promo cards just for you. Now you can pick that up at tabletopgame.co.uk or in all good local newsagents and superstores. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to the Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. I'm Chris Eggett, the editor of the magazine, and today I'm joined by Laura from Game on Tabletop. Hi, Laura. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, you're in your um, you're in your uh, professional YouTube studio that I was commenting looked a little bit like a uh, Zoom background because of how professionally uh, uh, it's put together. Uh, it looks fabulous. Uh, I'm in a uh, messy office as as always um so um so would you i suppose we should start by me asking would you introduce yourself to the uh, listener absolutely of course so like you said i'm laura uh i'm ceo of game on tabletop which is a table uh, tabletop games dedicated to crowdfunding platform um and in that role i handle lots of the day-to-day business i'm still also working with a lot of our creators directly and obviously with all our different team members as well mm-hmm. that's great um, and so what is game on tabletop so, like I said, it's a tabletop games dedicated uh, crowdfunding platform. We kind of call it crowdfunding for gamers by gamers because obviously that's where we come from and uh, where we built it out. And our goal is to uh, offer a platform that really hits the needs of the tabletop industry and to also continue to improve on that and uh, support creators in their journey to launching their own games on our platform. I think it's interesting because I think every Everyone in the industry, when we talk about crowdfunding, obviously we talk about Kickstarter. I think a lot of people in the industry forget that Kickstarter has stuff that isn't board games on it. Uh, I think we, I think we all forget that. Um, and that, so, having a dedicated platform where actually you've you've thought about what um, what gamers um, might want um, in their uh, in their crowdfunding is is probably quite important. Um, so, is, can you tell us about the, the major differences between your, your platform and other platforms? Um, so obviously the one major difference you you touched point on already is the fact that we are dedicated to uh, tabletop games so we don't have uh, we don't have the struggle i think platforms like kickstarter might have because they i mean <laughs> it's already difficult enough <laughs> for us to accommodate all the needs of the different tabletop publishers because they're so different right and i cannot imagine how that is a a puzzle to align with so many different industries 
okay and so that's one of our biggest differentiators is we're dedicated to that industry that we know well and so we can craft the tools for this industry the second so that kind of like leads to the second point which is the functionalities that we will be offering uh, that we are offering is for instance like the pledge manager system is built into our crowdfunding i mean you don't need an external pledge manager uh, you have stuff like uh, stretch goals that will auto unlock you don't have to get, go in there manually switch them out and then and obviously, we also will be at the side of our creators as much as possible. We don't run the campaigns for them on their behalf, but we will try to bring in our insight as much as we can, especially as, I mean, we've seen a lot of the tabletop industry, we've seen a lot of tabletop crowdfunding, and we kind of wish to share that and make it a bit less overwhelming <laughs> to go out there and launch launch your own projects. I think that's right. I think anyone who's, everyone's first um, uh, foray into backing something on 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 a platform uh it's always it's always a bit sort of like you just throw your money at something and trust it because then you're going to be taken to four other platforms where you're also going to have to put some details in and then uh all this sort of stuff so it's just nice for it to all be uh, uh shoved together um so what do you what do you think of the, the state of crowdfunding at the moment for tabletop games I think the state of crowdfunding uh for tabletop games is something that has really found its place for me it is an entire sales channel in on of its own uh, so we have retail sales we have regular online sales we might have convention sales or like exceptional sales and crowdfunding is now a sales channel too um, i think it will be around for quite a bit still uh, we've seen that it hasn't fallen down in any sense uh, over the last uh, few years um, and it has really created a different ecosystem it hasn't necessarily made the other sales channels vanish right they're still there they're still out there but it has opened up for another uh, way of purchasing board games and um yeah it kind of like filled a spot i think a lot of collectors passionate gamers um were actually looking for right because the offer through crowdfunding is something new and exciting that you're not necessarily gonna get through regular retail or regular e-commerce yeah that's right i, mean, I suppose the the real benefit at this point is um because mo most games that go to crowdfunding do come to retail these days it, mm -hmm. it, it used to be different it used to be very much that you know this was your real last chance but um uh, now, now you see a lot more games that are kind of available in both channels. So, like, you will eventually be able to get this, but usually the version you get at retail won't have the uh, like the nice minis in or something like that, or they'll be made of a different kind of plastic or something. Um, and some of those projects wouldn't have actually. Uh, seen the light of day or not in the same form without the crowdfunding. I absolutely agree that most of them go through retail and some of them have amazing retail careers later on, right? And actually do great and become evergreen games and that's awesome and I absolutely support that. Um, but I think some of these games wouldn't have had a chance for uh, otherwise because uh, even though there are a lot of new coming publishers every year and they kind of find their way um, it's still tough to be <laughs> present when you're starting from nothing or you're starting out uh, and crowdfunding has kind of given an opportunity to the consumer as well to more select what what does he want to see on those shelves in a year two years um, coming up that's true. That's an interesting way of thinking about it—a way of influencing the market in a direct kind of way uh, through, like, you you buy something and then that obviously supports something later down the line to be a you know uh, a long-lasting, an evergreen game, as you say. Um, 
I hadn't, I hadn't actually thought about it that way. That's interesting. Um, that's very good. Um, so I think a lot of um, uh, bigger publishers also use crowdfunding as kind of kind of a marketing platform as well. It's a sales channel, right? Yeah. It, it's a cha- sales channel in and of its own, and it does work very well for newcomers to make their spot, but it also is a great sales channel for uh, already established publishers and their continuous support of new games and taking risk and also supporting already existing gaming lines. Uh, they're not that easy to actually support all the time, right? Because you need that critical amount of, of, of focus, amount of people to come in there. So I, I, would, I would disagree in the fact that for bigger companies, it's a marketing platform because I know a lot of those big companies are actually even dependent on the financial side of the crowdfunding being a success, even though the project is probably meant to go through retail later on and they have more funds available than like an indie creator but still uh like when you look at the big big crowdfunding projects that raise hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars uh well yeah it's they also need them right to be able to produce the games so on the other side of that then if you're if you're a new creator for uh, of a tabletop game um how how do you know you're ready we, we were sort of talking about this before we started which is that the um the, the kind of the quality of crowdfunding games that you, that you see now um, is much kind of much higher than it used to be. Used to be so you used to see stuff that wasn't really ready uh, go to crowdfunding. Um, and I, I I just wonder what, what, what how does a creator know in your eyes whether they're ready to go to crowdfunding? It's a very difficult spot <laughs> because it's very. It's a very personal question, right? Because when you ask a lot of creators, they're so enthusiastic and so much into their project that for them, they're ready, right? But sometimes they aren't yet. So, so that's why I'm saying it's kind of personal. It's sometimes really tricky. And we do that with Game On from time to time. We tell people, hey, we think you're not there yet. Let's look at how we could, <laughs> how could, how we could figure out a way to bring you there, right? Um, but it's... Um, there's no like a checklist necessarily that will guarantee you that you're ready to launch because crowdfunding is an adventure, it's a roller coaster ride. You never know. Big companies fail, small companies fail, right? It, it can always happen. But obviously, um, my one of my biggest uh, recommendations is always launch when you're ready. Uh, and by ready, like I said, it's difficult to determine, but don't feel the pressure of, okay, I've set that date. I said that to my backers at, w- at one point, I'm going to launch it that date. Don't rush for this. Try to have your game beautiful, present it, uh, have people play it, have that feedback, take the time to build your campaign, take the time to craft a team around you um, and think about the different steps, right? Think about how you're going to fulfill. Is your game going to go to retail? How are you going to produce it? Stuff like that. Uh, yeah, try to see the bigger picture and then and then craft out your offer from that. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's good advice, isn't it? So that roller coaster... Um, for a new creator, let's say let's say there's someone listening to this who is thinking, I've got this idea for a game, I've I've thought of it, I've done, a, I've made a paper version, um, and they're they're thinking, okay, I would like to kickstart it at some point, or I'd like to take it to Game on Tabletop or uh, any of the crowdfunding platforms. What is that? What is that roller coaster journey for them going to be like? Obviously, again, it's it's gonna be personal because people 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 manage stress differently, right? <laughs> um, but generally, and even for the bigger publishers, generally it's still it's like a project that 
they pour their heart into and so it's always going to be an emotional roller coaster that's for sure and there's a lot about the yeah the the run-up to the launch that's going to be really intense because you don't know right you can do make a facebook post and that generates 100 comments and you're like oh this is it's going to be super amazing but you don't know how many of these 100 comments are really gonna gonna convert there are a couple of things that that kind of give you indicators about like if you have subscriptions in your email list to kind of kind of figure out is there a lot of interest for my game how are the reviews and stuff but that's going to be a huge huge anticipation and and that's another point is okay take that into account take that into account that you're gonna launch and it might be a disaster in the first hours because there are not enough people there it does not mean that you're gonna fail it means that you're gonna have to be there cling to your seat in your roller coaster right and go through it and and come out of it better um find a solution to bring that to bring that up again and on the contrary i mean if it's going great you're gonna be so euphoric that you're you're gonna want to give everything out that you can and add as much stuff as you can and and then and then in the end well maybe you face other struggles that you didn't expect and so there's no real way to prepare for that when we ask <laughs> our, our creators uh, at any time do you have any tips they're like there is nothing you can do uh, but there is one thing you can do is being aware of it uh, being aware of it and and taking the time don't let yourself like be too much run down try to find an environment that you're comfortable in people that are around you that can support you maybe people that cook for you throughout the campaign right <laughs> simple <laughs> things like that and right? take something off your plate and um, to to allow your emotions to go through that whole journey yeah i think i think it's very emotional for for a lot of people and it is it's heartbreaking when you do see um things that don't fund uh even especially if it, if they nearly fund that's yeah. that's the most heartbreaking there's there's the ones where it's just like okay they didn't fund and they didn't get very much money and they weren't they're a very long way away and you know that's got to be a wake-up call for the creator and everyone involved you've got to say hey we're gonna we're gonna start again um, mm. and i think i think that's a cleaner thing but the ones that get really close for projects people have been working on for years for example um there that's always always heartbreaking to see so uh, uh well actually do you actually have any tips for those people be able to reflect on yourself right uh failure is part of success for me it's part of of stuff sometimes you fail and you have to get up bigger but in order to be able to get up bigger you need to be able to take a step back and sometimes the 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 lessons you have to learn from that might be really harsh or hard uh, and they're sometimes difficult to see for some people right they're so in love with their game mechanic and there's just something that doesn't match with the tabletop audience or it might be the graphics or the marketing and stuff like that and it can be sometimes really really uh, harsh for these creators to take into but the ones that that are able to do that to take that step back and say uh, hey, yeah, I really need to make a drastic change in some direction, depending on why the product failed, right? Uh, they generally get up like really well and they, if they're able to manage to figure out what what they can do better for the next time, uh, it's a huge lesson to be learned. And generally, they're then much, much uh, more in line with their audience. And also, it's even more of a 
pride at the end to be a, to have achieved that to have achieved that long-term success um long-term success by the way is because you touched about the projects that are nearly fund uh, i think that's also it's sad to see those but oftentimes it's also something that might be better in the sense because generally crowdfunding games are targeted they have their minimum funding goal but generally it's it's always better to go beyond that because a lot of creators don't necessarily think about all the different bits that might be coming in uh, on the long end. And so there's the one part is your instant success on a crowdfunding platform, and the other part is the long-term success, delivering the project, finalizing it, getting your backers, having your backers be happy, getting it into retail, having a great reputation, being able to build on that. That's the long-term success you want to shoot for. Um, and so, yeah. What I can see from people that have failed and that came back, they were able to listen to their community, to other people that could give recommendations. They came back stronger than what they would have been able to achieve in the first place if they had funded. Yeah, that's good. There's a, there's, if, if you feel like you need to make a game, you're probably going to make it eventually, even if it's not this time, I think is the, uh, the message, isn't it? Um, so, shall we do a top five? <laughs> Absolutely, we can do that. So, <laughs> um, so what is your top five on Laura? My top five is my top five uh, crowdfunding tips for someone who's going to launch their first campaign. Right? Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> um, so, my top one is like we talked touched base on that. Launch when you're ready. Don't feel the pressure of I have to launch on a Tuesday in two weeks because don't worry, launch when you are ready. Unless some some people have big, big, uh, big constraints. But if you don't have launch when you're ready, the second would be. Um, I was just going to say before your... we before we move on. Um, yeah, I just think I think that's a really nice thing about crowdfunding is that you do you, this constant communication you have with creators means that they can do things like say, sorry. Um, so I, I recently backed the um, recently last last year I backed the um, the Morkborg, um yeah. album. Al you know they made an LP with Games Omnivorous. Um, yeah, they, so they but they have obviously had to send out a email saying, "Look, COVID's still going on. It's been really difficult to uh, get the factory to print the print the LP and stuff like that." And it's just like, and you get that email, and you're like, "Okay," and like, but I'm sure sending that email is really nerve nerve wracking. <laughs> Not everybody is gonna say okay. Some people are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, but I don't want to wait." Or especially for the launch, like it's it's something different. Like if you have to announce that you're delaying delivery, it's it's something else. But for the launch, people are like, yeah, but I I was I wanted to launch there and whatever. But for the couple of people that will tell you that, um, the the amount of additional stress you're generating and the amount of uh, potential to fail when launching because you rushed it is just so much higher than having a couple of people that are like, oh, I wanted you to launch at that date because it's a better date, right? If you're not ready, don't launch. And and you can explain, and that's a good thing with the crowdfunding, like to touch base on, you are very, very close to your audience. Um, and so if you're, if you're authentic and you can talk about that, um, it will be accepted. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think. Like, it's, we're in one of the nicest industries out there. It's just the people in it are just lovely people. The people who are buying things and reading magazines, for example, about this, um, are <laughs> all, uh, all just like uh, genuinely nice people who just want the hobby to um, grow. And uh, I think most people are very understanding when someone says, "Look, we're going to put push it back." Yeah. 
you know. Of course, so. you don't have to. You, you you cannot like abuse that. Of no, course, of course. Like, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, don't don't uh, at least don't feel the need that you have to announce your launch date, especially especially in advance or something. Talk mm-hmm. about your game, build your audience. Of course, those are things you need to de- do in advance. But take the time you need, and if you don't have your art assets, for instance, d- don't launch right because the art is gonna sell your game for a big part. So wait for them. <laughs> wait for them to come in and and uh, and bring you to that success that you're hoping hoping for so that will be my number one uh, my number two is stick to your offer or either should I say figure out your offer <laughs> what I'm getting a lot with creators often is uh, they come to me and I'm like okay so I'm doing this game and then I'm doing this extension and I'm also doing a t-shirt and a tote bag and then I'm doing this and they can download this and um, that's awesome because goodies are great but it's not focused figure out what are your funding and how much money you need for that this uh, and concentrate on that um, um, that's really important, especially to help your backers understand your project. <laughs> because if you put in too much stuff at the same time, they're like, I don't know what I'm buying, right? It sometimes works that you have like two games that are very similar that you fund at the same time. But again, the message needs to be clear and try to stick with that as much as possible. Yeah, I think I think because um, all, all the extra stuff you're talking about there, these are sort of, um, I feel these are just like little treats, aren't they? And they, but they shouldn't be the main focus of <laughs> the campaign. The, yeah. re- the, the reason I choose higher tiers, because uh, if you put a tote bag in something, if you say game plus tote bag, I will, I will probably get the tote bag tier. You know, <laughs> um, uh, but um, yeah, it's uh, that focus is um, probably quite important. Yeah, it, it is very important, especially if you're doing a. Sometimes yeah, they have like the. Um, I mean, it's great, like if you're doing a board game, for instance, it's awesome to include a solo mode. But do you need to also include uh, a kid's version or, um, uh, I don't know, some very, uh, very uh, distant relative to the actual game? It can be something that you can unlock later on, but make sure you know what your offer is. Make sure you know what you're selling, right? And uh, if you're just struggling with that, that's another like bonus tip. If you're struggling with that, figuring it out, um, take inspirations from big companies like in tech or like go on the Apple website, look at what they wanna sell you. You will see one product like on a page, it's gonna blast into your eyes, right? And so it's very clear what they want you to purchase. And still, they've got a ton of accessories that you can buy with that, right? But it's very clear what they want you to to buy. And that can, can help a lot for people to understand how to actually put a focus on your offer. That's right, yeah, I think, and also things like putting um, the most tantalizing part of your, if so if you've got a game, for example, um, with uh, lots of minis or beautiful art or, um, a really intriguing world or anything like that. Putting that at the front of of your of your crowdfunding seems to be really yeah. important. That's uh, when you're sort of scrolling a crowdfunding page and you're looking for what, which bits of the actual game that can be yeah. that, can, that can happen. Yeah. Is sometimes a bit confusing. And and what does the game bring? Exactly. New for 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 the person purchasing them. Well, not necessarily new, but what is the thing that you want them to to capture from your page? Um, yeah, so that will be my number two. My number three, uh, I'd say, embrace the adventure of crowdfunding as a whole. Uh, we've touched base a bit about that as well, but 
something that we see now is because it's become a sales channel, it's become also more formatted. People are following the like approved way of doing it, but it's crowdfunding in its, its essence is an adventure and it only works if it stays to a certain extent an adventure, something exciting, something surprising, something people will remember, something people will be proud to support and to receive because that's kind of like the, yeah, the, the, virtuous circle that you want to create and so embrace that embrace the fact that it's a journey that it's a playground (laughs) that you can uh, try out things that you can be innovative way more than with regular sales because you have the attention in a very different different way so go for it and try try yeah try out new things yeah i think that's really important because that is it sort of is sort of counter to that original point of as you said of it's a sales channel um thing is once you start thinking oh this is my one of my sales channels you might start losing the idea that you're actually doing something good and making the world slightly better by putting this game out um and uh but as uh, when when creators um clearly just feel like this product needs to exist this game needs to exist um then that's that's when you see i think the most successful like you know, smaller campaigns where they do that they're the ones that are most successful because you can just see okay someone's someone loves this and they just want it to exist, and this this would this couldn't happen without crowdfunding. Yeah, and that's that's important to to keep in mind. Even though if you're but like we work with a lot of creators that do like a campaign a month, right? So they're obviously very formatted. There's kind of like often this, a similar uh, structure because otherwise it's unsustainable for for a company to 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 uh, to, um, to carry that. But still, I mean bring something surprising to the table have a guest talk about your your game that nobody would ever expect have something uh, have a have the fun goody nobody thought about have something that's gonna rhythm everything and still give it a punch uh and and yeah embrace that i think that's still always important to keep in mind, even if it's fine to make simpler campaigns and to not necessarily like overwhelm people with a thousand stretch goals um, <laughs> that might be difficult to, to manage in production later on. So my number four would be, uh, again, we touched based on that already, is take time to be available throughout your campaign. It's gonna take your time, especially if you wanna uh, run a campaign for a longer span of time um, and you want it to be active, you need to have a lot of animation throughout um, uh, and you need to be there, you need to be present and so take that into account. Um, that's, it's on, like if you're still working next next to launching your, your own business in the tabletop gaming industry, uh, well, take that into account. Maybe you can take some time off or have lighter working hours. If you have a family, uh, make sure they're aware of it as well and they can be there to support that um, because it's going to take your time, right? It's going to take up time and stress uh, and also hopefully very uh, happy emotions, <laughs> but uh, it's part of it. And to kind of like help with that is also uh, try out short campaigns. Short campaigns can be very successful. Uh, we campaigns that run just a week and they're doing well. It doesn't fit every campaign setting, but uh, it can be very helpful because it's it's easier to take out that time for, for one or two weeks or maximum three, three weeks than it is for a campaign that, uh, that takes up a month or, lo- or longer. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, so yeah, do you, so do you find the short campaigns are, are very good then for certain things? Yeah. 
What, what they kind of are, things are they good for? Um, they are more risky for uh, first-time creators because uh, it means that you need to have your base audience really, really incorporated. I think that's, I mean, that's, that's overall something that you should work on. You have your base audience uh, that you're talking to. But um, but um, for first-time creators, it can be a bit more of a struggle to run like a week. I think three weeks, however, is enough. Even for a first-time creator, you can run it longer, right? We have six weeks campaigns and stuff like that. But just be aware that there's going to be a long period of like basically no changes, <laughs> like uh, the same amount of pledges every day. Um, and that can be, it, it's exhausting. The longer you run it, the longer it's exhausting. For someone who either has a very well-built-in audience, has a very great marketing opportunity like some some influencer or some some events that can really push it or is an established publisher and runs those campaigns um has their audience basically i think the one or two week campaigns are perfect because there's never gonna be like a very very low point because it's gonna be always intense rhythm and intense rhythm and people will also get used to that and follow you for that right uh, there's the one part is about uh, when people get their money <laughs> you need to take that <laughs> into account but like if it's on two months uh, it's something that that can work right so we've seen quite a great success with that uh, and what i i really like about it is that i can see that the people that are behind the campaigns are even more invested because they know hey this is just it's just gonna be another week it's just gonna be another two weeks right it's not oh it's gonna be like that for six weeks <laughs> it's uh, way more depressing or like <laughs> Uh, the anticipation of saying, okay, I'm not gonna, like, I, I will check in to all of my messages every night for six weeks can be, uh, can create anxiousness with some people where saying it's a week, it's two weeks, that's just creating positive energy. And so my fifth point uh, would be uh, gather people around you or at least um, be aware of the fact that when you're launching a crowdfunding campaign, you're basically a team. Whether or not you're alone, <laughs> you're still filling out the roles of an entire team. So even with Game On, where we offer a lot of functionalities and support and stuff, you're still gonna be gonna either have to have a person to do what, uh, each of these things or do it yourself meaning you have to be a game designer you have to be um, a, a publisher a marketer you have to be an accountant you have to be a graphic designer you have to be a logistics expert somebody who can handle production uh, you need to have uh, connections with retail and distribution if that's what you want to do and so in big companies those are all individual people and because it's all the individual, individual um, jobs, basically. And so if you're alone and if you don't have people that can take off a load of that, be aware of that. Be aware that you're basically going to be an accountant. <laughs> but in some extent, of amount, obviously, you're not going to be a full accountant, but you will have to dig into those numbers if you're not uh, building those people around. I think it's always good to try to have people around you. Try to have at least... Like before people that support you around whether or not it's like official jobs or just sitting there with you taking up some of the work um, and then some don't have that possibly and they're gonna be alone um, but yeah be aware of that and yeah build your team whether it's a one-person team or a, a lot of people that are building that team but be aware of the different uh, jobs that you're gonna need to accomplish that's really good maybe you maybe we could have different hats that you put yeah. on for different different parts of the job. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You do, yeah, wearing a designer hat versus wearing your accountant hat, for example. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then make your own discussions with yourself. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Email yourself. <laughs> and also, you, so that will be a tip for established publishers that I see yeah. a lot is like, for instance, I will be in contact with the people, with the established publishers, with the marketing directors or the CEO or sometimes like the sales manager. Um, but keep in mind that if you're a big company and did you ha if you have a logistics person, if you have a production manager, if you have a game designer, all those people are actually concerned by your crowdfunding. So you have to involve them in the process because they sometimes the crowdfundings in those companies are kind of like a, separated from the like day-to-day -day business because it's it's like condensed in some time and you have to be aware that that it doesn't work. You need to talk to your logistics person about shipping rates, right? Yes. You need to have <laughs> you don't go to them at the end of the command and say, hey, how can I ship this? Um, and then find out that you didn't charge enough. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that would be like the bonus tip. Yeah. With, <laughs> That's very good. That. Cool. Well, um, well, thank you for that, Laura. Uh, and thank you for joining us today on the on the podcast. Um, thank you so much for having me. Where can we find you? Where can we find uh, Game on Tabletop? So Game on Tabletop, you can obviously find us on gameontabletop.com. Uh, you can find us on all of the different social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter. Yes, we also have a YouTube channel where you can figure out, uh, find uh, quite some videos already about, uh, also with tips and tricks for creators with some interviews for our from our creators as well to get their point of view and then obviously uh, you can reach out to me also directly through laura at gameontabletop.com uh, if you have any questions uh, feel free to reach out at any time lovely that's great well thank you very much for joining us awesome thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure Thanks for listening to the Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. If you liked what you heard, recommend it to a friend or subscribe to the magazine, which you can do at tabletopgaming.co.uk. Our music is Cloud Meetings by Body in the Thames. You can find us at bodyinthethames.bandcamp.com. <laughs>